Welcome to the Peter Gabbard Podcast, folks. Today is February 20th, 2020. Well, it's 02202020. Well, that's a lot of twos. So, yes, that's a special day, I guess. Uh, it means I'm on day 68 of 365 straight days that brings you movies, music, sports, entertainment, news, and every single thing in the entire universe except politics. I know I'm getting old because of like a gigantic list of reasons, but another new one. Yeah, didn't know about this. Did five, no, maybe 10. Yeah, did 10 total pull-ups yesterday for fun while I was at the park with my kids. 10 pull-ups separately, not all at once, maybe two at a time maximum. And now my back is sore as a mofo. Yes. And a mofo, yeah, that's pretty sore. And I don't know if you've ever been sore as a mofo, but this is what it feels like. Yeah, I can barely reach my arms up into the sky without an intense, sharp pain hitting my upper back. All because I'm certain that I did like 10 maybe pull-ups at a park. Peter did pull-ups at a park and injured his back. This is pretty sad. What is happening to me? Coronavirus is back. Headlines are pretty much riddled with coronavirus info each and every day, and it's not going away. Now, even the FBI is in fear that the pandemic, that is the coronavirus, will reach the United States to the point where they just ordered $40,000 worth of face masks and hand sanitizer specifically for the FBI. I don't know if the FBI is more important than everyone else, but where's our hand sanitizer and our face masks? You know, I'm pretty sure the FBI used our tax money to buy that stuff. It wasn't a guy who just had a wallet full of forty grand. You know, send a few masks my way. I already have hand sanitizer. My wife is obsessed with those little, just different scented ones from Bed Bath & Beyond that, like, hook onto your purse and things, and then they open because they're always hanging upside down and spray the crap everywhere. And some of them are, like, toasted vanilla and coconut, and you just, God, it consumes your whole house with the stench. I hate those things. But I do like a good face mask or two when a pandemic is about to break out in the U.S. I ain't trying to get no coronavirus, y'all. I got all kinds of problems already, plus a weak immune system. I can't handle that stuff. Plus, I don't drink, much less corona, but I don't drink any type of liquor or alcohol that'll kill the germs. You know, I'm like a, a perfect housing for germs. You know, I, I'm all, I'm moist and wet. Yes, I said moist. I know some of you, you know, you hate the word moist. What, what's the deal anyways? Moist. Moist, moist, moist. All right? Wet, sopping, dripping, moist. That's not actually what I am, not still describing myself. But still, that word should be acceptable. Also, coronavirus. Is it going away? It's not. I hate all this stuff about an Instagram influencer who faked a trip to Bali while taking, you know, pics in Ikea. Let's stop 
praising her for being a douchebag. All right? Don't give her a headline in the news. Don't give her the time of day. Nobody should care about this. I shouldn't care about this. Why am I talking about it right now? Because it annoys me. That means all you have to do to get famous or money in this world now is to flash your booty and titties on Instagram so you get like 50,000 followers. And then as soon as you get that many, you can go to Ikea and take pictures of yourself being a douchebag and say you're in Bali. And then there it is. You know, probably a book deal coming up for her, I'm sure. Maybe, uh, you know, a couple couple interviews on some news stations. You know, I'm sure her amount of followers just boosted up to 100,000. I don't even know how many this person has, but I don't give a crap. Because they're an idiot, and they are a complete douchebag. You know what? I go to Ikea too, but I don't flash pictures of myself sitting in their crappy stuff because I'm embarrassed to go to Ikea because everything there is a piece of crap. But sometimes, you know, you just need a coffee table that's cheap and you're not trying to pay a hundred bucks. You're trying to pay 40 and put together yourself. Now, folks, there is a fast food chain. I think it's out of Milwaukee or something. It's out of the Midwest for sure. That has been gaining a major following, and I've eaten there, and it is great. In fact, they have some in Arizona. Don't ask me why Arizona gets them and we don't. But it's called Culver's. Yeah, that's C-U-L-V-E-R apostrophe S, and it is awesome. Culver's can't even be described as fast food because it's too dang good. The burger's phenomenal. They've got deep fried cheese curds, unbelievable. Their milkshakes, on point. Everything about this place is perfection. I need this in my life. Now, there's something similar to this. I don't know if it's like a part of them or a a subsidiary, if you will, or a sister company, but it's called Freddy's Steak Burgers. Now, it's pretty good. You know, don't get me wrong. And they have the things I'm describing. It's not really a milkshake. It's called a concrete. Yes, it's made from custard instead of, I guess, ice cream, if that's even different. Either way, Freddy's Steak Burgers and Culver's are awesome. I don't know how these can be described as fast food. Most of their menu items are like, if you want a meal, $7.50 or above. You know, it's going to be a pricey meal. It's not your average $4.99 Carl's Jr. bag of slop. Because it's actually edible and delicious. I am so sick of all these nasty places that call themselves food at all. Well, in fast food, I guess, is a category for bags of slop for cheap, but not in the case of Culver's and Freddy Steak Burgers. Try one out if you can. If you're traveling somewhere and you see the name Culver's, go in there and eat. I promise you, it will be delicious. Better than Whataburger, which is crap. Better than In-N-Out, which is pretty great. So I gotta say... I'm giving the number one spot of all fast food anywhere to Culver's. Give it a whirl. Now, some company called Contigo or something, 
had to recall 6 million children's water bottles because of a choking hazard. 6 million. 6 million! How do you not realize the problem before you've made 6 million of them? I'm not getting it. Did you not test these things? Take 40 of them, give them to the rowdiest kids you can find for a week, and then get back the results before you make 6 million of these things. All these recalls are such a waste of time, money, resources, everything. I can't fathom how much work was involved in creating 6 million of these piece-of-crap kids' water bottles that now choke children. It's like when they recall vehicles, and they're like, oh, you know, 500,000 GM models had to get recalled because of faulty airbags. I'm like, are you kidding me? 500,000 cars? And you know they're not just going to swap it out. You know, for the most part, vehicles and car companies alike, just even dealers, dealerships, you know what they do? They throw out the old cars that they don't sell. Yes, they destroy old models if they don't sell in preparation for the next year. They don't give them away. No, they don't donate them to charity or give us an insane discount on them. They want to force you to buy the new one at the higher price and then they'll destroy their old one. Because it makes them more money to force you to buy the new one. I mean, this is just a stupid load of crap. I will gladly accept an old model and pay even 5000 less than the new model if it saves it from being destroyed instead. Give it to the third world countries that have nothing. You know, ship these water bottles, these 6 million water bottles, out to the middle of Africa, where nobody has a water bottle at all. I'm sure they'll figure out a way to not choke on the pieces and still make use of them. What a waste of every single thing, including two and a half minutes of me ranting about this. So I'm always doing a dance between AT&T and Cox Cable Communications, whatever you want to call it. And because Cox is who I get my internet from in my house, which is how I use the Wi-Fi, you know, the panoramic Wi-Fi, yakety schmackety. And AT&T is who I get my phone service from, where I get unlimited data anyways, so I can use the internet, not on my Wi-Fi, but then it'll slow down after a while. So now there's a little battle going on between using too much of my internet... And if I use too much, yeah, I didn't know this. You know, I thought internet was unlimited. Apparently not. If I use too much of my Wi-Fi throughout the month, I'll get charged an extra 30 bucks to get more internet from Cox. But if I stay off of the Wi-Fi and ensure that I have enough Cox internet left over at the end of the month and use all my data through my phone and AT&T instead, then I, I have unlimited but after an allotted amount, it then becomes slower because they don't want you to use their internet that much. So the speeds slow down. So now I'm doing this dance between 
Do I spend more to get more free Wi-Fi internet availability in my house, which isn't actually free, because then it's the $30 additional charge, or do I use all my data and avoid using the Wi-Fi at all, but then have slow speeds for the last 10 days of each month? This is the stupidest load of crap I've ever dealt with. Before, it all started with paying for minutes. You paid for a certain amount of minutes on your cell phone back in the 90s, and then once you went over those minutes, you got charged an astronomical amount because they knew they could do this to you. And then it became text messages. Texting was a big deal, and now, you know, you would pay for all these texts, and then once you went over, they would charge you an astronomical amount. And now, calls and texting, those are unlimited, but now it's data usage. Yes, it's internet usage on your phone that they charge you extra amount if you go over the allotted time that you're about. You know, this is just a freaking twisted game they create to suck more money out of you. I hate them so much for this. Cox, I hate you, both male organ-wise as well as Cox Communications, the company I get my internet from. AT&T, I hate you too. And I'm sure somehow, while talking into my phone right now, you're finding out how much I hate you and finding ways to slow my data down. In fact, probably this podcast will come out really slow because I'm not using the correct amount of data per month that you allow me before my speeds get slower. What a bunch of scumbags, you know? They'll find new ways to take our money every time. What's going to happen when we all finally get unlimited fast speed internet for sure at a just specific rate every single month? What new thing will they find out next to say that they're going to charge us extra when we go over. They're just going to get into cahoots with the electric company and say, oh, you have unlimited internet, but now you've used too much electricity to run your devices, and we've decided to up your rate and slow your speeds of electricity going into your home. I'm sure that's the next step. What a load of crap. The big news in Europe, folks... A high-speed rail is almost complete through tunnels, through a system of tunnels in the Swiss Alps that'll connect Italy to Switzerland. Yes. I mean, I've been waiting for this to happen for so long because I'm always wondering how am I going to get from Switzerland to Italy in a faster where, you know, I'm, I'm there every week. I mean, I'm stuck in Switzerland. Boom, I need to get to Italy. How do I do it? High-speed rail. No, all right, this won't affect me. I don't care about this, but I have to say, by the time I ever have enough money, resources, and no kids to hassle me or go with to enjoy a trip to Europe, it will be quite convenient to be able to smash through the Swiss Alps on a quick train Thank you very much for the largest construction project in Switzerland's history. That is pretty that is pretty impressive, I'm not going to lie. And here we have this Hyperloop thing that has not even come off the ground 
anywhere in the United States. We have resources above any other country. We have time. We have effort that we could put forth. And yet, all these stupid regulations have stopped us from getting a super-fast hypertrain that goes from L.A. to San Francisco. I want that to happen so bad. I need to go from L.A. to the Bay. It's a good time in San Fran, and I don't like L.A. So having to drive through it as it is to go from San Diego to the Bay is just not worth it at all. But I have to say, if I ever do go to Italy and I have a chance to hit up this high-speed rail and smash through the Swiss Alps, I totally will. But is it really worth it to go through the Alps and not see them at all? You know, you don't get any of the beautiful views of this famous mountain range, the likes of which have led us to things like the Matterhorn in Disneyland and all these famous movies and the beautiful background hills of Gone with the Wind. Actually, that might have been Austria. But either way, Switzerland is known for the Alps. They should have made a sweet train that went through the Alps itself in some kind of, like, clear tunnel. So you're protected from the elements, but you still get to see the beautiful mountain range. Because otherwise, you're just going through a load of crap. It's like just looking at rock the whole time. You're in a tunnel. Not to mention if the tunnel collapses, you're stuck underneath a mountain. Instead of on top where you can easily be swooped out by a helicopter or something, you're going to be stuck in there, running out of oxygen, you know, eating people, because once the food runs out, you gotta, you got to go to cannibalism. That's the only choice. I got to say, great idea, but also dumb idea. And in the end, who cares what I think anyways? New Swiss rail from Italy to Switzerland, underground, in a tunnel, high speed, Congratulations to you folks. I'm pretty proud. It's time for the portion of the Peter Gabbett podcast that we all love so very, very much, folks. It is time for Real Stories brought to you by Peter Timothy Hanks. That guy is so wonderful. I love him. He is just amazing. He has so many wonderful stories. Yeah, that's me. Barbecusion. Yes, B-B-Q-U-S-I-O-N. A great sponsor of the Peter Gabbett podcast. In fact, it's the only one. Today, folks, I'm going to tell you about a time that I joined an ex-camp counselor of mine from Camp You Can Do, where I went to cancer camp. Yes, it's a camp that revolves around having kids in such a magical place that they forget they have cancer for a quick week of their lives. And I went to this very camp, and when I went there, I met a guy whose camp name was Jaguar. To this day, I have no idea what his real name is. Even when he called me a couple years later, he said, hey, it's me, Jaguar, and I had no idea what that meant. But once he explained, I realized it was him and was kind of questioning how he got my information, but it doesn't really matter because he offered me tickets to a Portland Trailblazer game, and at that time in my life, it was hard for me to get them because I was only like 13. So, of course... I say yes to that, and he says, I will take you myself, which also was awkward, because, again, you know, it's 
You know, just some random guy who was a counselor at my camp. But either way, he ended up being a super nice guy. And the tickets he got me were unreal. Now, I've been to a lot of sporting events. I've been close to the front rows, you know, fairly close, I would say. Paying tons of money to get there and usually being disappointed with my view. But this was one time where I had no idea where the tickets would be. He just said, I have tickets to a Blazer game. I'll take you. It's free. Would you like to go? And I said, hell yeah. Now, I came from a family with six children. Well, I come from a family with six children. It's not like they're gone. And two parents, of course. They stay together the whole time. That's a rare thing these days. Never got divorced. So that's a family of eight. Now, that's pretty much impossible to get eight tickets to a Blazer game that wouldn't put us in a state of financial hardship, so we never went to a game together. Not to mention, I have three sisters. They don't give a crap about sports. They wouldn't have wanted to go anyways. So my family never went to Blazer games. We never went. I went one time with my dad total. That is it. One total time, which was pretty cool, but I didn't get very many opportunities to go to a major sporting event like this. So I had to say yes, and I totally was on board. I met up with the guy downtown, I think my parents just dropped me off or something. Maybe he picked me up. Either way, it was kind of awkward and sketch. But, you know, regardless, the guy was a trustworthy individual, and he didn't rape me, so that's good news. So he took me out to this Blazer game. We walk in, and we're playing the Spurs. And back then in the 90s, late 90s, the Spurs had a famous player by the name of David Robinson. He was one of my favorite players of all time. This guy, he wasn't a showboat. He wasn't a crap talker. He was a guy who put his head down and played hard and was a multiple all-star and was really the inspiration to guys like Tim Duncan who came to the Spurs later and worked hard to be better because of people like David Robinson. So I was in it. I was like, man, I can't wait to see this guy from very far away and hardly be able to recognize him and shout really loud and have him not hear me. But that was not the case. We ended up walking towards the front of the court, like, kept walking, kept walking. I'm thinking, what's going on? You know, is he sneaking me into a better seat? Or are our tickets really that good? Well, they were that good. So we walk up to this, like, third row back from the court. And I'm thinking, there has to be a mistake. There's no way we have this good of tickets. How does this guy have connections like this? What a total badass... I've never been this close to a court or field or anything in a sporting event. I am super excited. So I start looking around. I'm like, is this where our seats are? And he's like, yep. Pulls out the tickets. And they're like embossed in some like nice glossy looking thing. I mean, these are tickets you save to prove that you went to such a good game. And I was just excited. But not as excited as, excited as I would be once I realized who we were sitting next to. So I, I see this kid, you know, he's yelling, he's yelling, daddy, daddy, daddy. And I'm like, man, this kid's annoying. I don't want to be by this kid the whole time. He's going to be screaming at his dad. And like, I don't even know what he's talking about. He needs to shut up. Sure enough, his dad walks from the court up to him to give him a hug. And it's David Robinson. David Robinson's son, wife, and family was next to us 
at the game. We were sitting with the guy's family who I came there to see. At the time, the Blazers had really no nobody. You know, they, they didn't have anybody. I think they had Arvidas Sabonis was their star. Most of you probably don't know who that is. You'll never find out. But turns out his son plays for the Indiana Pacers uh, as we speak right now. Yeah, so Arvidas Sabonis, really great player. You know, but not famous, not important. I didn't care to see him. I was there to see David Robinson. And here I am sitting next to his family. So I spent the whole game just asking every question in the book. What does he eat? What does he like? How's it? What's it like for him to be your dad? Where have you guys gone? What do you guys do? Blah, blah, blah. They probably hated me by the end of the game instead of me hating them, thinking they were going to be annoying, shouting at their dad. Who was it? It was David Robinson. OM Jesus. I was impressed with these tickets. I was sitting with the fam of the star I wanted to see. I went there for free. The guy was a total G. Although it was more like Jay, because his name was Jaguar, but and I still, to this day, I have no idea what the guy's real name was. I don't even know if my parents found out his real name. He could have kidnapped me. Maybe he did, and I'm just making this up, because I'm super embarrassed at the fact that he raped me. No, he didn't. It was great. Best sporting event I've ever attended, all because a camp counselor from my cancer camp called You Can Do, a lot of alliteration happening here right now, took me... To a Blazer game upon his own decision because he was a freaking awesome guy. And I got to say, if you're out there somewhere, Jaguar or whatever your real name is, if you even remember that, if you're still alive, thank you so much for a cherished memory. I will never, ever forget that or get that good of tickets again for the rest of my life because I'm poor. Amazing. Seriously, amazing. I hope you enjoyed the story, folks. I enjoyed just telling it. Just remembering the time was so great. And I thank you very much for listening to the Peter Gabbett Podcast today. It means the world to me to have listeners like you. I love you all so each and every one of you so very much. And I will talk to you tomorrow. I'm in a loving mood today, folks. And a lot of guys named Peter... Sing songs about love. Peter Gabriel, Peter Cetera, me. But I'm not going to give you one of my songs I sing about love because they're all terrible. And actually, they don't exist. I've never sang about love. But if I did, it would be something like Glory of Love by Peter Cetera. So I'm going to share that with you right now. If you've never heard it, you're, you live under a rock because it's a very famous song. Here it is. Tonight it's very clear as we're both lying.